Oh my goodness. Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 23. We are going to be talking about a Nancy Drew mystery story, number 150. Mystery at Morsey Manor. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. So supposedly, or not even supposedly, I didn't read this anywhere online. If you look online, I think it it tells you a different story for what the basis of Blackmore Mm. Manor was, but I'm calling it. It's this. It's It's a hundred thousand percent this. Mm -hmm. And actually, so when I was reading it, I was so convinced that it was it, that it kind of actually like changed, like it swayed my opinion about what was going on. Me too. And I was like, Oh, like this is not what I expected. So we'll have to talk about that. (laughs) But I don't know how, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure actually that Curse of Blackmore Manor is probably also based off another book as well as this book. Um, But um, just because of like, there's quite a bit more in the Curse of Blackmore Manor PC game than there is in Mystery at Morrissey Manor. You know, there's a lot more plot stuff um, and like, references and stuff that are missing in this but this a hundred percent influenced it so i'm just pulling up the nancy drew games wiki the nancy drew dot fandom dot com um that that is kind of the nancy drew wikipedia just to check and see what they list as the other inspiration for Mm -hmm. the game i think it's uh mystery story number 77 the bluebeard room what is that one about i'm looking at it right now okay it does. It takes place in Cornwall. Seems to be suffering from a mysterious illness that could be connected with witchcraft. Oh, oh my gosh. Nancy becomes romantically linked to two men while investigating drug <gasps> smuggling and a mysterious coven of witches. Oh, wow. Why did we not go with that one first? <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Okay, so yeah, anything that was missing from... The plot for this it sounds like they pulled it from mm-hmm. that exactly it so. does not have good reviews on goodreads <laughs> people are like i've read some poorly written nancy drew books before but this one's bad is it <laughs> that's what it Oof. says there's one one star that was like possibly the worst nancy drew book i've ever read oh wow <laughs> badly written confusing plot flat characters she gets distracted by romances with shitty guys and calls her father daddy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, um, okay, maybe it was good that we picked Mystery at Morrissey instead because I would have to say that I would, I mean, we're not rating yet, but when right. we do, I will rate it higher than, than one flashlight. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> But, like, what a crazy random happenstance that we just happened to pick a book that is based, that is, uh, uh, you know, an influence on a Nancy Drew PC game. We right, didn't even yeah. know. That, we that were... wasn't intentional at all. <laughs> no, but very cool. Yeah. So do we want to start with the cover? Sure. Oh, my God. Um, I mean. We have the same one. Right? Yeah, we do. We do. I think in general, it's good. It's fine. Yeah. You know, 
I just <laughs> Nancy's face. <laughs> I know. I listen. I'm not an artist, so I feel awful critiquing some of the stuff sometimes because I could never do what this person does. But like, what is that? Like, what is that face? If this is probably based on a model, probably a photograph or something. Right. But like, I can't. I, there aren't even words for how silly this face is. Yeah. Nancy is like looking off at the distance on a horse into the moor, and like <laughs> wistfully, it's very silly to me. Yeah. But overall, I think I, I think it's a good descriptive cover. Now, I've never been to the south of England. I've been pretty much just central, and um, mm. I've been in I've been to Scotland. I've been to the Highlands, so I can't tell whether or not the scenery is accurate. I I, I presume the cliffs are kind of accurate, but yeah, other than that, just I don't. What know. I've seen in the media from yeah. this area. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, it looks very English. You can see like the countryside in the back. And of course they're horseback riding because what could be a more English activity than horseback riding, I guess. <laughs> at least they're not hunting foxes. Right. I was afraid that this, this would go there at some point, but it did not, yeah. thankfully. Um, and it is an actual scene that takes place in the book. So they, George and Nancy do go horseback riding at one point. So it's at least accurate. So. She doesn't look off wistfully into the distance <laughs> during true. that scene, but that's true. That's true. But you know, but yeah, it's just Nancy and George riding horses with the the manor behind them and some sheep mm -hmm. on some purple heather. Looks like, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty basic. It does seem so. This was published in 1999, and so it does seem like a very a 90s teen girl cover you know what oh, i mean absolutely yes yeah nancy's outfit though she is all ready for horseback mm -hmm. riding she was like i'm going to england and i'm gonna look like a jockey while i do it yeah they are kitted out are they wearing helmets though it doesn't look like it i think they might be those those like, caps that kind of have a hard hat inside mm -hmm. them but they're made to look like a, a hat hat i don't gotcha. know because i was slightly surprised that like they wouldn't be wearing helmets you know like right. on a on a cover for a book series for children, mm -hmm. bike helmets were a big deal in the 90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? As like the promotion should. of them. And they should always be, you know? Yes. But, like, they really pushed that to us hard, you know? Yes. Like, wear a helmet. <laughs> wear a helmet. As you should. But yeah. I would I would be surprised. I am surprised that it's not quite apparent that what they are wearing is helmets. Yes. Yeah. Um, but That's fair. anyway. Well, Nancy has to be fashionable in helmets. That's true. Usually That's not. true. <laughs> she is. Whoever this model is for Nancy on this cover is gorgeous. Yes. I mean, like, I think she's too blonde. Of course, I'm going to think she she's too blonde. blonde. Yep. I'm always going to think that. But, yeah, she's beautiful. I'm sad that we can't see a better close-up of George, though, because I feel like we don't get a whole lot of depictions of George. Uh, and so I don't – you can't really see her. You can see her just kind of barely. Yeah. But I would be I would be interested to see what the representation of George looked like on this cover. Yeah, really. But. Nancy just left her behind on the horse riding. <laughs> well, mm, so yeah, that does yeah. happen. But kind of, kind of, kind of. It's accidental, but kind of. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> not that, not that if it were in another circumstance and George was, you know, quote unquote, kind of safe, Nancy wouldn't absolutely just leave her. Right. Because she's, <laughs> she has actually. 
Wait, was it George that she stranded without clothes? It totally yes, was. It was in the crumbling <laughs> wall, right? She just bailed on her. She's naked in a building. It's like where the bad guys are. And it's like, hey, you'll be fine. I'll be right back. I'll be five yeah. minutes. And then she doesn't come back. So <laughs> totally Nancy would leave George stranded on the floor on purpose. You know, so at least she's clothed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, in general, your thoughts about this book, Corey? Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Because mm-hmm. um, it is based on Blackmore Manor, I will say I... I will concede that Blackmore Manor is an absolute classic of the games, but it is not one of my personal favorites. I don't, I don't love it. I don't That's know. crazy to really? me, Corey. I love Curse of Blackmore Manor. Really? And I think it's just because I am a fan of the spooky gothic horror stuff. It does and do that very so well. It does that very well. And I also feel like the puzzles in it are just top like quality like good puzzles and while some of it is annoying like having to go around and get all the freaking ghosts i find that really fun i do Um, like the ghost hunt a lot and and i just like the themes of it and all of it so uh i'm definitely a fan of that one but that's good i don't dislike it by any means but it's just it's not one of my favorites Sure, 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 sure. i wouldn't say the book is as good as the game and having just read nutcracker ballet there was a few too many similarities. Obviously, this yeah. one is like 40 books later in the series, but it just, just happens to be a coincidence that it we read yep. it right after a book that it yep. has a lot in common with it. So a lot of it for me was like, okay, well, mm. I expected that, you know? Yeah. Or is something along those lines. Or it's like, is this just the trope that these books right. do? Is it the same every single time? Like, seriously, come on. Right. A little yeah. too formulaic, but yeah. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, And I am not sure why. (laughs) Because as you said, it was pretty simple and straightforward. I think part of it is that I didn't see it coming. And but part of that is because I expected a different outcome because of having played Curse of Blackmore Manor. And so I just... I was surprised at the end, which mm-hmm. rarely happens in a true book. But but also, too, I do think that part of the reason why that was is because it was not something that you could have, like, guessed, you know? And I think that might be a fault of the writing. It is we kind should have of had a more fault. clues that pointed it's kind to of that. A fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good mystery is, is one that the reader has a chance to solve, right? And there was really no chance... <laughs> No, no. <laughs> because it's not even hinted at. And you would think right. that like if they had just dropped just a couple of hints about Annabelle's past, I don't want to get too into it before right. we, we go into the story, that maybe like you would have it would have been like, ha ha, you know, yeah. it, would, it could have been interesting. But but overall, I really enjoyed it. I just liked I think I liked the way that Nancy solved this mystery. I felt like she did not waste time. Whereas sometimes I feel like she can be a little bit like just going places and happening to discover clues. Whereas this time I felt like she was very much actively investigating and trying to investigate. She was like going into people's rooms every (laughs) freak day and like, you know, going out to investigate and trying Mm. to like, kind of trick people and stuff and so I was like yes I like to read this I want to read a Nancy that you know is 
actively doing stuff instead yeah. of, oh, this accident happened while I was here. And so I heard this thing as the perpetrator was running off. And so I know that they were wearing high heels or something, yeah. you know, like. Um, the flu fell into my lap. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, there were any really, I mean, aside from the scavenger hunt, which we also have to talk about, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> there weren't any really like accidents right. or like sabotages of Nancy in particular. Oh, I guess the the thing dropping out of the window at the beginning too. Well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> or the the fork in the road, which we'll get uh, to very uh, soon. Yeah, yeah, but that mm, that was yeah. just something for her to investigate more. <laughs> right, 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 right. There were some suspects she could have questioned a little bit better because there's some people she didn't even consider. And I'm like, that's the person, but it wasn't. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. But I, I, I think in general, I think in general, that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. So three words. Oh, England. England. My gosh. Um, countryside. English countryside. English countryside. Yes. It's always it's always freaking pranks. It's pranks, pranks sabotage pranks. Yes. <laughs> um, um, English countryside pranks and um, suspicious men. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's always creepy men. Yeah, it's always creepy men. I almost want to say Sherlock, but mm. a lot of well, this felt like a, an homage to Sherlock, and there's even a reference. There's yeah. a reference. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I thought about you as I was reading that. I was like, oh, oh Corey's going to die. <clears throat> oh, I did. I was like, oh, my gosh, of course. Of course <laughs> yes. If you've read The Hound of the Baskervilles already, which I hope most of you have, you will you will enjoy this one because it's a good little homage to, to a lot of Sherlock things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to summarize? Yep. Let's get into it. So we start off and Nancy and George are driving on their way to a place called Morrissey Manor on the coast near Dartmoor in the south of England. Apparently Aunt Eloise had booked this vacation but sprained her ankle and could no longer go. So she offered it to Nancy and George. And it's supposed to be this like beautiful luxury inn uh, run by a couple called the Petersons. They like raise their own sheep, they grow their own food, and this place is like a little hopping vacation destination. Mm-hmm. Annabelle Peterson inherited the property from her parents, Colonel and Mrs. Trevelyan. So not Pendlin, not the Petersons and the Trevelyans, but <laughs> yes. Um, after they died, paying taxes and property upkeep nearly sank them until they decided to open the estate as an end to make money. Um, and Nancy and George are almost there, but they run to a fork in the road. And one road is marked A, avoiding Ramsgate Hill, and the other is unmarked. But they're, they notice that there's like a hole where a sign used to stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nancy and George determine that they need to be on Route A, so they take that road and continue on their way. But as they take that road, it becomes incredibly steep and precarious. And Nancy's worried that their rental car is going to like flip over and roll back down the hill. It doesn't, thankfully. They <laughs> they do make it over the top of the hill, but barely, and almost like go off the side of a cliff. But it ends up being fine. Um, but Nancy starts to wonder, hey, you know, if this is supposed to be the road that avoids that hill, maybe the signs actually got switched, and this was that big hill that we're supposed to avoid, um, and really we're on the wrong path. So was this just a simple accident, or is someone already trying to sabotage us on the way there? 
<laughs> to our vacation. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but they get to Morsi finally, and it's just as beautiful as as it's supposed to be that uh, Aunt Eloise described it to us. They go up this long, super long driveway and drive past barns, greenhouses. There's all these like smaller buildings that are supposed to be shops where you could go and buy, I guess, things that they make on this estate. On the estate, yeah. So, so they finally uh, they finally get up to the front door and they start to park and they see this man storming out of Morsi Manor. He seems to be very angry. He's shouting at this other woman that's following him and says he's never been so insulted in his life and he is getting out of this hovel. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, apparently, this guy is Lord Calvert of the House of Lords and the Petersons. Um, greet Nancy and George and are like oh my gosh so sorry please ignore that apparently what happened and they take Nancy and George upstairs to show them this um, Lord Calvert saw a photo of Tobias Jacob who is like a rival like a political rival of him because he's in Mm -hmm. parliament and there was a framed picture of this guy on the dresser and so he got super angry that the petersons secretly shared the same ideas as that hothead jacobs and got so angry that he stormed off and left the petersons are really confused about this because they did not put the photo there and how did the photo get there and so nancy of course starts to ask like hmm have there been any other strange occurrences at the manor and right as she starts asking the, those questions, they're standing outside and a small dark object whooshes by to the ground, missing Nancy's head by inches. And they look down and it's a paperweight that was on Hugh's desk. Um, and so really quick, they look back up to the second story where the thing came from and they see a dark shadow quickly retreating from the window um, as if it had just been thrown <laughs> yeah. by someone. Spooky, spooky. Nancy immediately rushes upstairs, obviously, tries to look for whoever threw that, but doesn't see anyone. And they start searching through the rooms, but all the rooms seem to be empty. So where where did this person go? Nancy is just basically getting into gossip at this point because she's still in the mindset that there's no mystery. She's just on vacation. Mm-hmm. The Petersons start telling Nancy about other weird things that have happened. So the other day, they have a food critic staying with them named Nigel Nethersfield. He ordered a lamb with plum sauce, but received meatloaf with whipped cream <laughs> on top of it instead. Uh, and they conclude that someone must have switched the dishes um, after the cook had like put it out for the waitress to pick it up. In some point in that time, somebody swapped out the dishes. Um, and Nancy realizes that whoever is pulling these pranks seems to know personal details about the guests. So like for the food critic switching out the food or the politician showing them a photo of their rival. So yeah, later on in the day, Nancy and George go down to, I guess, like the guest lounge area after dinner, and they meet the other guests who are staying there. Um, One of them is a 12-year-old girl who is the daughter of Desmond and Lucy Macmillan Brown. Her name is Ashley, and she's just really into games. So she just wants Nancy and George to play a bunch of board games, (laughs) card games with her. Uh, They also meet Georgina Trevor, and then they meet Nigel, the restaurant critic, and they remark that that's everybody else who is staying there except for this man named Malcolm Bruce, who is Scottish. I just thought it was funny to note that he is a television star from a TV show that Ashley sometimes watches. And I just thought that this was such a great way. they So they translated this into the... um, 
Brady Armstrong. Brady into Brady Armstrong in, in the PC game, the Curse mm-hmm. of Black Manor. And it just looks so funny. I love that. <clears throat> anyway. Um, so the next day they go down to breakfast and Annabelle announces that they have a weekly treasure hunt that she sets up for all the guests and she writes like personalized clues for everyone. But she says that um, she warns everyone that just north of the house, there's like uh, half a mile north of the house, there's this peat bog that's super dangerous. So nobody go over there. But otherwise, you know, the treasure hunt is going to take place all over the estate, but just don't go near the bog. So Nancy and George each get their individual clues and they split up to go follow them. Um, And then after Nancy's, I think she's on like her second or third clue in the scavenger hunt, she overhears George shouting for help. Um, And of course, George is in the bog. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, so Nancy, of course, runs over to help George, and um, but she can't find any solid ground near enough to try to, like, reach to pull her out. So she has to, like, jump on a stump nearby and then, like, get a stick or something and pulls George out. Um, and George tells Nancy that the clue that she found told her to go towards the stump that's in the bog, but she didn't realize that this area was the bog. Um, and so Nancy looks at that note and realizes that it's written in block writing. All the clues are. So it could be really easy for someone to have faked these specific clues that Annabelle may not have written them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of seems as though, you know, this quote unquote practical joker, whoever is creating these weird occurrences, like these things are getting more and more dangerous. Like George could have drowned in the peat box. Yeah. So they're thinking about this on their way back. And then they suddenly hear a shout from Ashley from the beehive enclosure and an angry swarm of bees is like heading straight toward her. And I can't with this. I'm sorry. I can't. This is so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. One, I don't think that like the way that they described George getting stuck, I don't think that's how bogs work. I don't think so. It's not quicksand. No, it's just like water. It's like yeah. a pond or like it can be really deep, but you don't like slowly sink. It's not quicksand. Yeah. yeah. It's like you could fall in, but like. It's not the blob. I mean. So. <laughs> but yeah, Nancy runs out to go save Ashley from the swarm of bees and they run into, they run straight into the barn to get away from them. And it's- That's not how it works either. Yeah. That's not how it works. You can't just like run into a building to get away from bees. Like if bees are chasing you, the bees are going to go into the building with you. Like, I'm sorry to say, like <laughs> they would be able to get in there too. It's not... uh, anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're good, but it, it's fine. Um, Ashley's okay. She has a couple of bee stings, but otherwise, I mean, everybody's fine after this. And Nancy's like, you know, why did you go in here? Didn't you see the sign? This is keep out. Now she's like, there was no sign. So she goes and looks and there, the sign that's, previously like you know keep out there's bees here it's it's been removed and nancy's like that's kind of odd because it definitely was there before so they go back to the manor to find annabelle to ask her about all these messed up clues and upon getting back to the manor they find out that everybody else has also received misleading clues i guess and they're all super angry at annabelle for leading them you know, into dangerous situations when they said it should be fine. Um, even Georgina, like, almost fell off the roof. Someone ran into a ram. I don't know. All <laughs> these things seem like common sense. We yeah. been doing this anyway. <laughs> At one point, they're like, oh, we've all had these horrible things happen to us. Well, you you charged a ram. What did you think yeah. was going to happen? You went into a pen with an angry ram. You were on the roof of a building. 
what were you not being careful why did you why did you choose to do those things yeah nigel even describes himself has been suffered humiliation (laughs) from the meatloaf incident like oh i got the (laughs) wrong dish i'm humiliated the meatloaf incident i like that we should just describe (laughs) this whole book as the meatloaf incident nancy drew the meatloaf incident (laughs) Meatloaf with whipped cream on top. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, Nigel is saying like, oh, I'm so angry about this that I'm going to write negative thing, write a negative review for you in my column, whatever he's, you know, whatever he writes in. Um, and Nancy's like, okay, Annabelle, can we talk about this privately? What is actually going on here? And Nancy reveals to her that she is actually a detective and she's offering her services to Annabelle. So vacation ended. Let's get this mystery solved. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Nancy asks Annabelle if she has any enemies and she says Billy Tremaine used to be their shepherd and they had to fire him a couple months ago because he had a really bitter attitude. Apparently a lamb died when he was trying to deliver it in in birth. They do also describe the Singh brothers who are like property developers, real estate agents, I guess, who have this huge business and have been um, offering to buy more Sea Manor, but Annabelle has told them no. And so obviously they would profit if they did go out of business, they would be able to get the estate for a really cheap price. Nancy asked for their, their descriptions and where to find them. So she's planning on going and questioning them later. Um, and she asked Annabelle not to tell the guests that she is investigating. Nancy then decides to go back and find George and she looks in the barn where she actually finds Billy Tremaine. She's like, hey, Billy. She recognizes him from Annabelle's description. Um, She's like, what are you doing here? And he is like really angry all of a sudden. Keep keep this to yourself. Don't ask me any questions. Um, And then goes to like punch her almost. Yeah. He's like, he like pounds his fist into his hand. Like, like he's like angrily approaching her. Like, like he's going to beat her up. Yeah. What the hell? (laughs) But then doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Just runs away for no reason. Well, Nancy has to grab a shovel to like, she like reaches to shovel, like to raise it to like try to defend herself. And as she does that, then Billy turns and leaves the barn. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Was he really going to attack her for just walking into the barn and being like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, seriously? Jeez, Louise. uh, Talk about a temper. Um, And, like, violent. My goodness gracious. So, yeah, Billy is super sus. So, um, he leaves and Nancy goes to find Hugh and Annabelle in reception. Oh, also, her husband's name is Hugh. Yes. That's also a, that's also a something that made it into the game so she tells them about billy and hugh actually storms off and says he is gonna go make mincemeat out of him so hugh is also very angry and very violent (laughs) (laughs) um and nancy asks annabelle to just kind of get some more information about the room set up in the manor um and there are like six guest rooms on the second floor and one on the third floor and it's also at this point that we realize that Malcolm is the only person who wasn't present that morning during the treasure hunt. So Nancy kind of flags him as a suspect as well and asks Annabelle if she can search his room while he's playing tennis with George. And Annabelle is kind of reluctant, but eventually does give Nancy the key to do that. So Nancy goes up there and she actually, she looks at this closet and she finds the missing sign from the roadside from when they were driving in. 
Um, and so she's like, ha ha, like, you know, suspect number one checks <laughs> out. He definitely switched these road signs. Um, and so, um, but just as she's thinking that and thinking that Malcolm might be responsible for all the other pranks too, the door handle to the room starts rattling. Malcolm, maybe has come back early. <laughs> Nancy's afraid of being caught, so she runs and she hides in the closet with the road sign and listens as she, like, hears the person walking in the room. But then a vacuum cleaner turns on and Nancy's like, oh, it must just be the maid coming in to clean the room. Um, So she waits until the maid goes in to clean the bathroom and just sneaks out of the guest room. Why can't she tell the maid that she was looking around? But whatever, not a big deal. Um, At this point, George and Malcolm do return from their game of tennis. And George is like, hey, let's go to lunch like in the village that's this closest to the estate. So they do. They go to lunch and George, she starts telling George about how she suspects that, you know, Malcolm could be involved in this. And she says, I don't understand why, why he would be doing this or what his motive would be. Um, You know, maybe someone is framing him and put that sign in his closet. Uh, Nancy's not convinced at this point that, you know, someone might be framing him, but she decides she doesn't want to call the police before they have the chance to really solve the case, which I thought they already did call the police to let them know that the red sign was switched, but whatever. Mm, Yeah, I think they called as to more like, this is like a public safety thing. So like, Mm -hmm. someone needs to fix whatever the issue is going on with the signs. But I think they mean like calling the police as far as like, who the culprit is who actually who was responsible for that or like who is responsible for the pranks at Morsi? yeah mm-hmm. so after that they end up going back to the manor they question some of the staff there don't really learn too too much mm-hmm. malcolm comes in at this point and mentions that the it's a shame that there's so much fog outside because he wanted to go on a boat ride with george that afternoon um and everyone starts mentioning how dangerous this fog can actually be they say like if you get caught up in this fog, don't move a muscle. Just wait for it to pass because otherwise you will probably end up getting lost and wandering out onto the bog and almost drowning like George did. Georgina also starts to tell everyone ghost stories about the moors and how people get lost and there's spooky things that happen. I don't remember the dog story. Well, she didn't get too far into it, but I thought it was important to note one because of ghost dogs in general and their significance in the Nancy Drew universe, but also ghost dogs and their significance in the Sherlock Holmes universe. Yes. <laughs> and dogs because of what happens next. Uh, so while Georgina is finishing up her ghost story, Hugh actually bursts in the room and is super frantic and upset because he says that their dog, Maisie, is missing. He tells all the guests, you know, let us know if you've seen anything or know where she is. And Nancy follows Hugh out of the room. Hugh shows her that they actually found Maisie's dog collar um, and it, they think that, you know, maybe someone removed it before they they took her because it was just found like placed on the dog bed and it had a note on it. It says, be gone from Morsi Manor if you ever want to see your stupid mutt again. <sighs> this is awful. Mm-hmm. This is awful. I got so upset reading this. Mm-hmm. We've talked before about like animal animal stuff in books and like animal cruelty and stuff i cannot i cannot handle it especially (laughs) with all the the hound of the baskervilles references Mm -hmm. like i mean do you remember what happens in that no but i don't (laughs) i don't know that i want to if you haven't read it a dog gets kidnapped and dies it's not it's not a nice not a nice plot line in hound of the baskervilles i haven't read that since i was 12 years old oh my gosh 
still sticks with me because they find the dog on the moors later oh. on in the Sherlock Holmes story. But Maisie's fine. Maisie's okay. We yes, just have to nothing. Her. Don't well, worry. Yes, Maisie ends up being okay. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Hugh tells Nancy that they noticed Maisie missing shortly after they returned uh, looking for Billy. So yikes. Mm. Um, and he says that it is not, oh, it's not usual for her to roam. Um, she would usually always, almost always be near the house. So like she wouldn't have just roamed off by herself. Mm. Obviously not. We know this because there is a note attached to her collar that says, right. hey, basically I've taken your dog. So Maisie didn't uh, kidnap herself. Right, right. Maisie didn't write the note and be like, feed me better food or <laughs> you'll never see me again. Um, oh, Maisie. So Nancy ha- says, you know, I will absolutely get to the bottom of this. I'm going to find your dog. Don't worry. Um, and apparently also it's so sad because Annabelle is so upset about this that she can't even come down to help with dinner. She's so like just wrecked, which... I would be too. I cannot right, imagine. Yeah. Um, so at dinner, Nancy kind of subtly asks Malcolm about, you know, if he had trouble traveling to the inn because she and George had noticed that the sign was missing. And he says, oh, no, I definitely, no, 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 no. I didn't. You, you have, you must be imagining things. Um, but he's acting super, super guilty and suspicious. And so basically we know that he at least knows something about it. And he is probably responsible for having switched the road sides. Um, so the next day, Nancy and George decide to go to the Sings office building, which, okay, this confused me a little bit because I was like, Nancy seemed so determined to find Maisie Mm -hmm. and she just goes she has dinner and then she goes to bed right I'm like if an animal is missing you immediately go look for the animal I don't know I'm just like why are you going to bed why are you doing something the next day why aren't you out looking or like following clues you know it's just it just seemed crazy to me but anyway so um, yeah, so the next day they go to try to talk to the Sings and they're going to pretend to be interested in buying property in the mar- uh, in the area. Um, and so they meet uh, Devendra and his brother Rajiv. Um, and Nancy asks, or Nancy says that her father has actually been looking to buy like an English property. And she heard a rumor that the Petersons might be selling Morrissey. Um, and the Sings are kind of like, oh, you know, no way. Like we've, you know, made multiple offers to the Petersons and they've never been interested. And she says, well, you know, the Petersons might be more inclined to sell right now because of all these pranks that have been going on and their dog is missing. And the Sings, like, pretend to not know anything about it. But, well, I say pretend. <laughs> they, yeah. they say they don't know anything about it. But Nancy says that she notices a flicker in Devendra's eyes. And so, you know, this this has to mean that he knows more than he's letting right. on. <laughs> of course. And, and so she also tries to look at their desk to see if she can see anything incriminating, but she can't. Um, but then when they're on their way out, Nancy hears what sounds like a dog whimpering behind a closed door. And so she just opens it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nancy Drew. She can't resist opening oh. a closed door. I mean, of really. Of course. Uh, there is a dog in that room, but it doesn't turn out to be Maisie. It actually turns out to be the Sing's dog. Uh, they get upset with Nancy and like, why would you let our dog <laughs> out? We had him in there for a reason. He gets very anxious around people and I had to bring him to work with me today because it's my wife's dog, but she was busy. So I <laughs> needed to 
<laughs> I needed to keep, take the dog. Um, and they're like, you know what, get out of here. And if you come back, we're going to call the police on you if you ever step foot on our property again. So Nancy and George are like, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> um, they go back to the manor and, you know, instead of looking for Maisie, they're like, why don't we go horseback riding? <laughs> Well, uh, to be fair, the reason I think they go horseback riding is so they can look for Maisie. True. <laughs> uh, so Nancy is like, okay, maybe let's go look around because there's supposed to be like a bunch of like a series of caves off in the distance. Yeah. And then Billy Tremaine's house is supposed to be, he's supposed to live up in these hills near the, the caves or whatever is what Annabelle tells him. So Nancy and George do go riding on the moor and they do look around in a few different caves, but don't see anything um, and at this point the fog does descend around them and uh, I think Nancy actually she like hears something or she sees something and so she rides a little ahead of George or no it's not that no. the horse gets spooked right <laughs> yeah it's because the fog descends so quickly that suddenly she and George who were like right next to each other can't see each other anymore mm -hmm. and so George like shouts for Nancy and George's shout spooks the horse <laughs> yes okay and the horse just like takes off running Nancy yeah. the experienced horse rider that she is can't get control of her horse at this point um, so George takes Annabelle's advice and stays put and doesn't tr try to move in the fog but Nancy is you know running off down the down the hills <laughs> at this point I think we do see a shape in the distance mm -hmm. a figure moving toward her yes yeah, so she's like basically holding on to her horse for dear life, and she sees the shape of a man in the mist and the shape of a dog. Huh. Turns out it's Billy Tremaine with Maisie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Billy is able to like grab onto the horse's <laughs> reins and calm him down and helps Nancy kind of right herself on the horse. Um, but he does like really berate her for riding in the moor in the fog and not knowing how to control her horse, which is like fair. Like, mm. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but Nancy explains that, like, she's there with her friend George. And um, so they call out to George, who is actually just within shouting distance. So everything is fine. And they all just kind of wait for the fog to lift, which it does. So Nancy asks him, what are you doing with Maisie? And he says he found her tied up in a cave with no food. That someone mm. left her tied up next to, like, a trickle of water with no food. And he was walking through the moor and he had heard her crying, like a dog crying. And so he went to investigate. And he is like super upset and angry about the idea that someone would tie her up and leave her to starve, which, yeah, it's mm -hmm. <laughs> upsetting. Um, and Nancy also asks him why he was in the barn the other day. And he says, this is the saddest thing that broke my freaking mm -hmm. heart. He says that he misses his sheep and went to be with them. And he feels super guilty about the lamb that died under his charge. And he wanted to comfort the, you say you, the you, mm -hmm. the you who it was giving birth to her. <laughs> ah! Sweet. This felt so like classic mystery story to me. Like yeah. the, you know, the suspect that we're supposed to be scared of actually turns out to be a good-hearted person, and Nancy yeah. like, goes out of her way to make sure they get their job back after they were wronged. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So after Nancy realizes how much she cares for the animals, she doesn't think he's a suspect anymore, and she can see that Maisie is also really calm and happy in his presence, and you know. Dogs can tell who's yes. who's good and who's bad, especially Absolutely. in a mystery story. Um, and so um, we kind of 
trust that. And so Nancy asks him to show her the cave he found Maisie in. So they go there. And Nancy finds a gold earring on the ground that has a morning glory on it. And so Nancy asks, was the person who abducted Maisie a woman? Mm. <laughs> Which, sorry, irritates me to no end. I know this is the 90s. And I know that we were very strict about our gender presentation in the 90s. <laughs> so, of course, it couldn't be a man wearing an earring. Right. But anyway. And it can't just be an unrelated earring. You know, right. But, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. So George actually is like, you know, maybe it's a, a an earring from a previous time or maybe it's not, you know, related. And Nancy's like, OK, fair. We don't know for sure that this is a woman that took mm-hmm. Maisie or that it's even connected. But it, it does point us in that direction. So they do end up taking Maisie back to the estate. And Billy's like, you know, here, take the leash. You take her back. I don't want to see the Petersons because I'm afraid they're going to accuse me of having taken Maisie. So Nancy does, she takes Maisie back in and they finally get her fed and she explains to the Petersons exactly what happened and vouches for Billy and says, you know, I don't think that he's the one responsible for this. Um, and I think they even are like, oh, maybe we should rehire him, you know, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. consider it. Um, so that's nice. But she talks to George and she says she's still suspicious of Malcolm because of the the road sign that was in his closet. And George is like, oh, I don't know. I think that, that earring points to the fact that we're looking for a woman or, um, you know, maybe it's Mrs. Singh because she has dogs and, you know, she's a woman. So obviously she wears <laughs> earrings that, <laughs> that she takes off in caves. So she thinks that Malcolm is innocent. So they really can't decide on which suspect that they want to go after next. Um, And then after dinner, they're sitting around in the living room talking about the pranks and, you know, thinking now that Maisie's back, maybe the pranks have stopped. And then Ashley makes this point. Oh, has anyone thought that the the bad guy might be one of us here in the manor? Ooh, spooky. Classic, classic mystery novel trope. Classic. Um, Nancy and George, after this, they decide that they're going to go to bed and or make everyone think that they're going to bed and wait for everyone else to go to sleep so that they can kind of watch in the hallway that night to see who's up and about in the middle of the night. George takes first watch because Nancy's exhausted and wakes Nancy up partway through the night or I think right at midnight because they've heard something in the hallway. So uh, Nancy bolts out of bed and they go running down the hallway to see if they can peek and look at who's walking around. And it's not Malcolm. It's a ghostly woman in a white robe with her arms (laughs) outstretched floating down the hallway. Yeah. And so like with all of our, you know, earlier talks about ghosts and like creepy stuff happening, happening on the moor, we're like, ooh, is Morsi Manor haunted? <laughs> um, but no, it actually turns out it's just Georgina who is sleepwalking, apparently. Mm-hmm. So they follow her into the kitchen, but she seems to be like wide awake. And so they're very confused. They're like, is she sleepwalking? Is she baking sleepwalking like what's going on so they try to go in to get a closer look but they make a noise that ends up waking her up maybe if she was sleepwalking mm, this is weird. Um, <laughs> it is weird it's a little bit of a weird scene um but they help her back to the room but now for some reason they're super suspicious of her because they do think that she was faking sleepwalking um, obviously <laughs> <laughs> So the next morning, I mean, okay, to be fair, I think she was, when she was walking in the hallway, she was like walking with her arms outstretched like this. Like a zombie. Like a zombie. <laughs> which is like, it's not, you don't do that when you're sleepwalking. No. I mean, you might, I guess, but like, probably not. 
Anyway. They're like, what are you doing down here? She's like, obviously I was sleepwalking. I don't know. <gasps> oh, I must have been I must have been asleep. I sleepwalk sometimes. <laughs> anyway, the next morning, Georgina is not at breakfast. Apparently she told Annabelle that she wasn't feeling well and so she'd be in bed all morning. And so this makes Nancy and George even more suspicious. They're like, mm, is she faking or is she just not feeling well because she was sleepwalking? She wasn't sleeping well. Um, Malcolm invites uh, George and Nancy for a drive in his new Jag, <laughs> um, which I just think is funny. So they go. Yes. But Nancy and George are, like, not impressed with him because he is apparently a terrifying driver because he, like, zooms so fast. But as they're driving through town, they see the Sings outside their office building with Georgina. Hmm. So, so much for her being sick. Seems right. like she's not that sick because she came out to talk to the Sings for some reason. So Nancy asks Malcolm to get them back to Morrissey as quick as he can. Um, she like feigns that she has to make a transatlantic call or something. <laughs> and he pouts like a freaking child. He He acts like a child, but he does agree to take them back. But once they get there, he storms up into his room and like slams the door or something. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's supposed to be that he's like so excited to show off his new car and he really wants George and Nancy. George, who it kind of seems like he might have a little bit of a crush on and mm -hmm. George kind of has a little bit of a crush on him. That he might be like upset that George wasn't impressed enough to mm -hmm. like stay or something. So he's throwing a tantrum. So he's throwing a fit. But so they go, they start going up to the uh, upstairs because the reason why they wanted to come back was to be able to search Georgina's room while she was in town. So they start to head up the stairs to do that. But then Malcolm like bursts back out of his room saying that there is a huge black snake curled up in his sink. <laughs> Good grief. So Annabelle overhears all of this commotion and she runs up to Malcolm's room to find out what's going on, realizes that the snake is just a garden snake. So she goes to find Hugh to get him to like take care of it and take it outside. Uh, but Malcolm seems genuinely shaken up by this. He seems really upset about the snake. And Nancy's like, you know, that's kind of a strange reaction if he is the one behind this. So she decides to confront him about the road sign that was in his closet. Um, he immediately comes clean. He's like, you know what? It, it genu genuinely was just an accident. I didn't actually mean to like screw anybody up by sending them down the wrong path. I just was driving too fast around this corner and hit the sign with my car. And then I tried to fix it, but then I heard another car coming up behind me. So I just, you know, stuck it in the, the ground really quickly and, you know, try to get away. So no one was, would see me doing all this. Um, and obviously just ended up putting the wrong sign in the wrong place or whatever, which this is weird because nothing is wrong with his car. Like if he hit the road sign, there would well, be damage to his car, right? I think that's why his Jag is new. I think he had to get a new car. Oh, I think, okay. I think. They don't specifically say, but I think that's what it's supposed to be. Okay, I was wondering that because I'm like, if Nancy and George rode in this car, they would have known his, noticed significant damage to it, like having hit a road sign head on. But um, whatever. He said that he had intended to like go back after after the incident and put those signs back into the correct place. But because that car was coming, he just ended up sticking it in his trunk and driving away. But then he got too distracted by how beautiful George and Nancy are <laughs> to ever actually go end up fixing it. Yeah. 
I think that was just supposed to be like a flirty way of being like, sorry, I'm such an ass. Yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. too beautiful. I can't, I can't help myself. Fucker. Sorry. I know. I know. It's strange. Uh, George is super unimpressed by this. Obviously loses interest in Malcolm. Thank goodness. But Nancy's like, I believe him. He's, He's telling the truth here. Um, and she decides that now she wants to look into Georgina before Georgina gets back from her meeting with the Sings or whatever she was doing there. Um, so she goes to talk to Annabelle. She gets the key from her and they notice that the extra key to Malcolm's room is missing. So someone ended up stealing the key to Malcolm's room and that's how they were able to leave the snake in the sink. Uh, Nancy goes to investigate Georgina's room and she finds an earring that matches the one this was in the cave where Maisie was tied up. Uh, she goes to tell Annabelle this, and Annabelle's like, oh, well, now that we have proof of who's doing this, let's call the police. Nancy's like, oh, you know, this isn't really conclusive proof. We need to catch Georgina in the act. The act of what? Nothing is a crime so far. I mean, <laughs> no, maybe no. the roadside thing, which wasn't Georgina. Now we know that. I mean, that could I be mean, an issue. a dog napping. Oh, yeah. I mean, it for sure, I mean, it's it's... It's not like dog napping, obviously, than the official crime, but I yeah. think it's considered like property theft. Right. But I don't know how seriously police would take it. Right. I don't Especially know. Especially if they don't have proof that it was her. Yeah. So yeah, they need conclusive proof. But the other things aren't crimes. It's just, hey, go to this area where bees are. <laughs> you know, here's meatloaf instead of Here's meatloaf. <laughs> Oh, so That's true. not crimes. I don't understand <laughs> what they think they're going to arrest Georgina for, but whatever. Yeah, well. Uh, she tells she tells Annabelle, no, we need to catch Georgina in the act. And it just so happens that at this exact moment, Annabelle has like this photo album out. And Nancy asks Annabelle about one of the photos. And she says that it's of her, her parents, and her older sister, Gloria. Um, and she says that Gloria actually ran away from home when she was 17. She, and she's quite a bit older than Annabelle was. So, you know, there was quite a, an age gap between them. She was 12 years older than Annabelle. So they didn't, they weren't super close. Um, and everyone just kind of thought that she was dead and gone. She ran away from home and just kind of swore off her family and cut contact. And yeah, haven't really heard from her since. But she does tell Nancy that her nickname was Morning Glory. I've never seen a Morning Glory before. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> uh, but right as Nancy's learning this information, she spots Georgina, or now Gloria, we guess, outside. Oh, no, we don't know that just yet. Yeah, no, we uh, do. Just... I mean, it's pretty much immediate that as soon as we realize that Gloria's nickname was Morning Glory and Georgina has earrings of morning glories we're like oh obviously georgina is glory right that's pretty much exactly what happens <laughs> i'm not even kidding nancy's just like oh this must be this must be her and annabelle's right. just like oh we do kind of look alike i guess <laughs> it's like so what happens is is nancy literally realizes that georgina is glory and so she tells this to Annabelle and Annabelle's like, okay, I'm going to call the police now. And she, cause she sees Georgina sneaking off and she's like, I'm going to go follow her. And mm. Annabelle is like, that's dangerous. Let's wait. Let's at least wait for Hugh. And Nancy's like, no, we have to catch her in the act of doing something. And so she follows her down the beach to try to, to see where she's going or what she's doing, but she loses track of her. 
And so she like looks at the boats that have been tied up because she thinks, okay, maybe she sabotaged some of the boats. I'm going to look at the boats to see if I can see if anything has been sabotaged. And as she's doing that, Georgina comes up behind her and pushes her into the boat, pushes her out to sea. (laughs) Yeah. For some reason, Nancy decides to climb in the boat to investigate them. And yeah, I thought she was just like leaning over the boat and Georgina pushed her into it and then pushed her. Yeah. So yeah, she pushes the boat out to out to sea and says, "Good riddance to you, Nancy Drew. You're going out to sea where no one will be the wiser." Um, and then Nancy was like, "Oh, no problem. I'll just row myself back to shore." But of course, Georgina took the oars because why would she not have? But yeah, mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, so Nancy is like str- kind of stranded out in the middle of the sea. Well, not out in the middle of the sea. Yet. Her boat is being pushed out to sea, but there is a rope in the boat. So. The genius plan that Nancy Drew comes up with, which I don't know how in the world this worked, but it does work. She makes a lasso and lassos (laughs) a rock on a nearby shore before she's swept too far away. And so she's able to pull herself over to the rock, climb up onto the rock. And as soon as she like stands up on, I guess this is the shore or maybe it's like a rocky like side to the shore or something. Um, Mm -hmm. Georgina is standing there with one of the oars and whacks her down back into the water. Holy crap. So Nancy is like basically drowning. She's like fighting against this like super strong current, I guess some kind of like rip or something. And Mm -hmm. she realizes that, even though she's a strong swimmer, it specifically says that in the book, even though Nancy's a strong swimmer, she knows that she's not going to be able to make it back to shore. So she's Mm -hmm. like flailing and kind of panicking and she like smacks into something hard. And she's like, what is that? She realizes it's Maisie. Maisie! The sweet angel dog has (laughs) swam out to sea to rescue Nancy. And so Nancy is able to hold on to Maisie and Maisie helps her swim Back to shore. Is that not the sweetest, most amazing thing you've ever read in your entire life? Maisie saves the day. Five out of five flashlights just for Maisie. Like, Maisie makes this book. Maisie saves the day. Um, Anyway, so she gets back to the beach. And once she is on the beach, she sees that Hugh, Annabelle, and George are running down the steps to stop Georgina from escaping. They tell her they've called the police. And they're like... Why did you do all this crap? So apparently Georgina slash Gloria um, somehow got access to her and Annabelle's parents' will when they died. And she saw that they had left Morrissey entirely to Annabelle. And she just thought that that was super unfair and awful. Um, But there is like this clause that says that if Annabelle sold the property and Gloria showed up within a year of the the sale, that Annabelle would have to split the profits with her. So that's why Gloria has returned. She's returned to try to force them to sell Morrissey so that she can collect money from the sale. But Annabelle says that this is actually like a super generous clause that her parents has put in the will because of Gloria never even bothered to tell her parents that she was alive or dead, which mm. we have got to seriously talk about this. Oh, yeah. I have some thoughts. I know. I know. <laughs> about this. But Gloria obviously doesn't think that's the case and thinks that she's totally justified for sabotaging all of this and trying to get the money that she's owed. So 
she does say that she does tell Nancy that the Sings weren't involved in this at all. Um, she had only contacted them to see if they would like put in another offer, if they would buy more C, you know, but they refused. So um, it's at that point, the police show up brandishing clubs and like take Gloria away. And that Why? is pretty much the end of the book. <laughs> what are they charging her with? Um, I th- well, at this point, it's probably attacking Nancy. Oh, okay. I mean, although they don't, I, although they wouldn't know that that happened because that was after they called the police. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Whew. So <laughs> okay, the last story. Culprit has the same initials yes. as our surprise culprit here, even. Grace Turner, <gasps> GT, Gloria Trevelin, Trev, how do you say it? It's Penvalin, but with a TR. Trev- Trevelin. Trevelin. Trevelin, yeah. I think. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Now I have like a conspiracy theory yeah. that you bring that up. Uh-huh. Because also, this is the same like MO mm-hmm. that happened in the Nutcracker Ballet Mystery, where it's like some person from the past that we only realize is is the culprit based on a photo, an old mm-hmm. photo. Who hasn't been heard from in decades, and yep. Is this the same person? Is GT really not Grace Trevelin or, or mm-hmm. Gloria Trevelin or, or Grace <laughs> Turner? Maybe GT is someone from Nancy's past Ooh. who is showing up all of these places to try to sabotage Nancy and get to Nancy and hurt Nancy and is just pretending that they are these random people that's a lot of effort but (laughs) it is it is but it's the exact kind of thing that someone who hated nancy drew would do that's true because it's like nancy you think you're this genius watch me ingratiate myself into this person's story fool you and kill you (laughs) no okay but like in all honesty this is the worst motive for, like, okay, well, I, no, it's not even that. It's that, like, the whole concept, I think, is super fucked. Like, yeah. I just, I, she, she ran away when she was 17. Mm-hmm. Let's start there, okay? okay? Kids don't run away from home if everything's going great. Right. You know what I mean? If they have this happy life and their parents are perfect and wonderful towards them. And, you know, why did she run away from home? We never get an answer on that. We don't know. She also chooses once she leaves to never contact her family ever again. This is serious. What the hell was going on? Something serious happened in this family. So, so (laughs) I'm sorry, but Annabelle being all pissed off. That she, and also, okay, can I just say, like, your 17-year-old daughter runs away from home, and she doesn't contact you, and you just assume that she's dead, and you don't look for her, and you don't, you're not concerned about her, you just presume that she's dead. And then she comes back. I mean, they could have looked for her for a while and given up or something. They didn't really give us any backstory on that, but it is fishy, yeah. And just, it just seems like there was something else happening there to like create that situation. And obviously she holds quite a bit of resentment to be able to come (laughs) back this amount of time later to try to get 
money, mm-hmm. right? And Annabelle is all pissy about it. And I understand that Annabelle may have not have been aware of any of this because she was so young right. when she left. But like after this amount of time, you think as an adult, you would realize, hey, I had an older sister who ran away at 17 and we never heard from her again. Like surely you would have some kind of empathy for your older sibling in that kind of situation or at least some kind of curiosity as to what that was about to not immediately off the bat realize your sister has come back for whatever reason even if she is trying to sabotage your business be like oh my god my sister is still alive like i have to talk to her i want to see her you know like and ask her all these things instead annabelle's like all you ever wanted was the money you don't care about this family you never bothered to tell my parents whether you were alive or dead and it's like i'm sorry what Hmm. she ran away when she was 17 something was happening to this poor girl or with this poor girl and you're just like you awful person i'm gonna have the police arrest you are you kidding me are you kidding me it's very strange so honestly i'm team i'm team gloria (laughs) (laughs) well okay if the will says if she comes back within a year you have to split the profits with her Mm mm-hmm why not just be like, hey, Annabelle, I'm Gloria. Now let's, you know, let's split the profits here. She's instead going to make up this fake identity or maybe she's changed her name in the years since so that the family she doesn't want contact with has a harder time of finding her. That's fine. But why why come with this fake name and start doing the sabotage to force them to sell if she'd never revealed herself at any point and maybe she had planned to after her sabotage streak yeah. was done? But how would she have gotten any money from that, you know? Oh, like after having done the sabotage? Yeah. Like what? It doesn't seem like it it seems like she took the harder option when she could have just been like, hey, I'm here now. And now because the will says this, then you have to sell and then we have to split the problem. Well, the will doesn't say the will doesn't say that That Annabelle has to sell. But if they split the profits, it kind of implies that, doesn't it? Or Annabelle would at least have to come up with cash or something to pay her for half of the... Oh no. I well first of all, I don't know I don't know that anything they put in this well is particularly legal. <laughs> it would not hold up in court. <laughs> but I they a hundred percent left the entire property to Annabelle. Mm-hmm. But they say that if she decides to sell, and only if she decides to sell, oh. she has to split the pro and if Gloria shows back up, then, then she she, within that year, then she has to split. But otherwise, she completely owns the property. And if she sells and Gloria never shows up, then she she gets 100% of the profits. So, like, it's only in, like, this very specific circumstances that they set up that, that Gloria would ever get any money. And so she's okay. trying to That's get her to sell. a little bit easier to accept. <laughs> right. We also don't know why Gloria wants the money. We never right. – she we never ask her or she never gives a reason as to why she wants money from half the estate. Like – Something could be going on. Like she could be ill. Like she could right. like <laughs> she could be involved in something bad. Like or we don't she might know. Just want money, right. Or she might just want money, but it just seems to me like clearly she wants money sooner rather than later because right. otherwise she wouldn't be trying so hard to get them to sell. You know what I mean? Like well, why would they include that in the story when it would mean giving her a motive and making the mystery <laughs> a little bit easier for the reader to solve on their own? But whatever. It, yeah. yeah. It could have included something like that. It would have made it a lot better plot-wise. 
I just honestly, I feel like it's super fair for Gloria to want <laughs> some of this money. Oh, absolutely. That, like, it seems to me like probably I, I, this is total speculation, but it just seems to me like your parents or like you were involved in some kind of abuse situation oh, yeah. or neglect situation and you want your payout. You know what I mean? Right. You want what's due to you and you are these people's children that they either abused, neglected, or like treated poorly enough to where you, you, you know, you don't ever want to see them again. Right. So like, yeah, you want, you want what's owed to you. Right. It just and seems so, like a very convoluted way about going about getting this yes. back, you know, but well, Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but it's just, it been yeah. easier. I just, I find the narrative super upsetting. <laughs> yeah. It has to be something really, really severe. You know, it's not, you don't just never speak to your family again because they got mad at you that you didn't do the dishes or something. You know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And this must have been very difficult for her to come back to the, the right. family home through yeah. all this. Yeah. It just seems very odd. Yeah. That was honestly my main issue with the book, but like, I still... I still enjoyed reading it, you know? Yeah, that's good. I just felt like the ending was like, (laughs) one was like super like, ugh, like, well, of course we would never have known that she has this sister that she never mentioned until the end. But two, that it was just like very, like the whole situation was very unexplained. Like we didn't get any answers as to what was really going on. If we had heard from the beginning that like, Annabelle even Annabelle knew that like her parents were abusive or there was something but that's probably too dark for a Nancy Drew book it's probably why they didn't go into that but Mm -hmm. then like yeah why make it about your teenage sister who ran away you know what I mean like that just seems like was nobody thinking about the fact that like kids don't just run away like for no reason like I just (laughs) what's the reasoning here I don't know (sighs) oh goodness anyway so there is something I have to I had to bring up too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Nancy. So um Annabelle is supposed to be 30 years old. Nancy is describing her at the beginning of the book, and she says, the fine lines across Mrs. Peterson's head makes her think that she's in her like she's 30, 31. Ugh. <laughs> Excuse you, Nancy. I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't. I can't. It's too real. It's too real. First of all. (laughs) Nancy, this is rude. This is rude. This is rude AF. Don't call out people's forehead lines. First of all. (laughs) Second of all, since when does a 30-year-old have fine lines across their face? You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean, some people, sure. But, like, not everybody. You can't just be like, oh, fine lines is the universal sign for your 30. Because <laughs> if that's the case, oh, my God. That does <laughs> excuse not me, well. <laughs> excuse me while I go scream into a pillow. <laughs> like, can't handle that. Oh. Oh, Nancy. Tone it down a little. Who wrote this? Like, surely someone older than 18 years old wrote this book. Oh, of course. Yeah. And they decided to say. <laughs> oh, 
this'll get a chuckle. Fine lines. No. Oh my god. Anyway, I just had to I just had to mention that because it was just too egregious not to. Right. I think Georgina was mentioned prior to like the earring thing. Maybe three times in the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah, not enough. They kind of make it sound like everything she says is strange, but nothing she said. No. I don't even remember it. You know, it's not even a remarkable thing that she said. It's just yeah, light conversation. They, they try to, like, describe her as being, like, spacey and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, nothing she ever says makes me feel that way about her. I mean, right. I guess the fact that she's kind of telling ghost stories at one point, but it's like... You're on the English moor at night and you're already talking about the fog. Like, that's kind of normal. Like, kind of, you know. Um, So, yeah, I agree. And she also didn't, she wasn't even, we didn't even consider her to be a suspect until the sleepwalking incident, which is like a chapter before we realized that it is her. So it was just way too quick. Like, maybe if the sleepwalking had happened at the very beginning and then... You know, we didn't hear anything about her really until the end. That would have been a little structured a little bit better. But like, yeah, yeah. Maybe if I hadn't already had previous knowledge of Curse of Blackboard Manor in the mm-hmm. game, I wouldn't have spent so much time looking Thinking at, it. Hey, why Ashley? is Ashley? <laughs> why is Ashley our main suspect here? Because <laughs> we spent we Same. spent more time on her in the start of the book than we did with any of the yeah. other characters. A hundred percent. I was clued in on Ashley too. I was like, okay, well, I know, I know who did it. So, but I was like, oh, guess I did it. Guess I, guess I was wrong. No, Ashley's not important at all. We just no. drop her. Or don't look at her again after she's like, what if it was one of us? Well, we know it's one of us. We already know that. Oh, so funny. So funny. No, yeah, I I agree. I mean, like as much as I love the introduction of characters who are different ages you know what i mean i love the fact that like it's not just a group of people in their 20s you know 20s to 30s (laughs) there is some diversity here it's just yeah she's absolutely no point so go her interactive for i mean spoiler but go her interactive for making her the culprit in curse of blackmore manor because that's honestly the best the best I think that's probably one of the reasons why I like the game so much mm, is okay. because I and mean, it's not that we discount her as a suspect. I don't think we ever think that she's not a suspect in that game. I sort of did my very, very first playthrough. I was like, they wouldn't make the child the the culprit. And then I was like, wait, there's a lot that points to her, though, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think so. I think that's part of the reason why I like it is because it breaks the mold so much. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like not it's. Yeah, not typical. Right. And so that's kind of a letdown of the book, honestly, is because it is so in the mold and the mold is so bad. <laughs> I'm just, we're going to introduce this random subplot that actually you could go into a lot of detail about. And there's actually a lot of questions that you're going to have about it, but we're not going to explain any of that. Yep. <laughs> in fact, we're just going to slightly change things from the Nutcracker Valley mystery. Right, 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 right. Camp it in there. Done. <laughs> Um, okay, so we also need to talk about the scavenger hunt. Oh, yeah. Because it's not a scavenger hunt. 
It is in no shape or form a scavenger hunt. Okay, so there's two types of scavenger hunts, right? There's a scavenger hunt where you get clues to go to another location, where you get a clue to go to another location, where you get a clue to go to another location. Right. Then there are scavenger hunts where you have to, like, find certain items or do certain things and then collect those and find and, and collect enough or do those things and then complete the right. scavenger hunt. This is neither of those things. Because the clue that Nancy Drew received, hold on, I'm going to read this. Please do. Proceed to the feed bucket in the black lamb stall. That's it. You don't have to figure anything out. That's it. Know where that is. That's not a clue. That's directions. That's instructions. Yeah. Like, that's not a mystery. That's not something you have to figure out. Also, you could say it's like, okay, well, maybe the author didn't want to have to write out a thousand clues for not real locations or whatever. And it's like, okay, fine. But they don't even do one. They could mm-hmm. write one. Right. A single one. Or they could choose not to write any and just say that Nancy read her clue and figured it out, figured out right. where she was supposed to go. Instead, <laughs> we get proceed to the feed bucket in the black lamb stall. That's not a scavenger hunt. I'm sorry. They make a big deal of Annabelle, <laughs> like writing these special clues for every single week. And no, she just tells you where to go. That's she's Siri. She's <laughs> It's the Google Maps. It's the Google Maps of of Morsi Manor. (laughs) Go to Beehive. (laughs) Open Beehive. Pull clue out of Beehive. Run from bees. (laughs) Hide in barn. Oh gosh, I still I was still suspecting Ashley at this point. I actually made a note. Yeah, child have the fine motor skills necessary to forge handwriting. Corey, she's not four. She's 12. <laughs> I don't know. My handwriting was pretty bad when I was 12. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Your handwriting was atrocious. I remember that. So bad. <laughs> it's still not great, to be fair. Well, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember sometimes trying to decipher some of your notes was, oh. was, was an issue. I still can't decipher some of my notes. <laughs> I remember when I was in second grade, my handwriting was so bad. My teacher told my mom that I needed to practice outside of school. And so my mom got me one of those little like dry erase books where you like, oh, <laughs> like trace the letters out. And I was in, I was in second grade. <laughs> and she used to make me do that for like 20 minutes a day. <laughs> it worked. You have beautiful handwriting now. It's true. It's true. I do. Not really. It's, it's, it's totally average. <laughs> anyway, what else? We never even get a follow-up with any of the other no. guests. No. No, because normally what they do is they, yeah, they have this action-packed conclusion, and then they have the, the next day, or mm-hmm. like, you know, the following evening, or that day, where we get like a nice little bow on we everything. Can. Yeah, We don't get that. Mm-hmm. We don't get that. It's literally just she gets carted off by the police. That Annabelle makes a joke about Nancy having like now can have a mystery free vacation, and that's it. Yep. How as Annabelle are you not like sobbing at that particular moment? How are you not so upset or f- feeling anything? I guess she's kind of angry, but it's yeah. like 
your long lost sister, whom you believe to be dead, showed up, has been sabotaging your business, just attacked a guest. You've confronted her on the beach. You're seeing her as her your sister for the first time. She gets carted off by the police, and you're not. You're just like, haha, funny joke, Nancy. Now you can have a mystery free vacation. What? Yeah, this is all about Nancy. What? <laughs> Be like, excuse me, I have to go cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go deal with this. Okay, so well, what was it? We do need to talk about. So there's a scene. So they typically there's a, quite a few scenes in the lounge actually. But there's a specific scene where they, like, mention that everybody is getting, like, basically pre-dinner drinks or something. Oh, yeah. But they don't say, like, they specifically go out of their way to say that Nancy's drinking a ginger ale and Malcolm comes in holding a soda. Mm -hmm. Like, what are they worried if they just say, like, the word drink? Like, they can't just say people are having drinks or drink that that everybody's going to think it's alcoholic and that... Everybody there is an alcoholic. And also, Nancy is over 18. Like, your Nancy is 18. Which is drinking age in England. Which is drinking age. It's fine that Nancy doesn't drink when she goes. But, like, specifically they say, Nancy gets a ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's just to keep it kid-friendly. I mean. Oh, my gosh. Is but it they could customary? just say. <laughs> oh, sorry. They could just say drink is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Nancy gets, you know, a drink. Or, like, Nancy's holding her drink or something. Or they don't have to mention it at all. I mean, I don't think that the intended audience, so, like, a child, would right. read that necessarily. Oh, she's obviously having a cocktail oh. or, you know. Oh, she, or even if they did think that, that they would be like, well, Nancy, you know, yeah. drinking, drinking, Nancy, drink it too much, drink it on the case. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. No, Nancy's too responsible for that. And also, like, Malcolm, who is supposed to be, like, this roguish, like, Scottish actor. Like, we're not even supposed to think that he's drinking. Right. He's not. He does not have a drink in his hand. You tell me that's not whiskey in that. It's just a soda. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. It's a scotch and soda is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> is it not customary for you to, to get together with your dinner guests like an hour before dinner serve to sit around the living around. room and chug sodas together before you <laughs> go into the meal? <laughs> Forget cocktail hour. This is this is ginger ale time. Ginger ale hour. Ginger hour. <laughs> oh, Nancy. And, it, and this is not the first time in a Nancy Drew book that I have thought this. I feel like there was a couple of instances in the files, like when they were in college and stuff, that like in Two Points to Murder, where oh, they're Nancy like at this frat party. Soda, the frat yes, party. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's not even like Nancy doesn't have to be the one drinking, but like we're supposed to believe that there's no alcohol at this frat party. Similarly, we're not supposed to think that there is any alcohol at this very clearly designated cocktail hour. Right. <laughs> like, like, come on. Come on. What do you think Nancy's cocktail of choice would be if she oh. were drinking during this scene? Oh, my God. I think, you know, I think it would probably be a glass of red wine. Because mm-hmm. it's classic. And I feel like Nancy wouldn't be caught dead drinking like a rosé or something. Oh, yeah. That's way too basic That's bitch best. for Nancy. Yeah. Best, best, best is, is Rose all the way. <laughs> best is Rose all the way. 
But I feel like Nancy probably has something a little bit more classic. So I feel like she probably would tend towards something that is like a mixed drink. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe like a, a gin and tonic. Mm. Nancy could be a gin and tonic girl. Vodka tonic's too basic. Yeah. But gin, she's probably a gin and tonic girl. I wonder if she would match it for like where she's visiting. So like in England, gin and tonic, mm. but maybe she goes to Scotland. So there she drinks the whiskey you know, whiskey based drink. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Or maybe she matches it to her meal because she's classy like that. Probably. And she would probably like ask her hosts, like, what would you recommend? Yeah. Then I'll do that. <laughs> you know? We're not just one of those sloppy alcohol teachers <laughs> that will drink anything. <laughs> But Bess is like, rosé all day. Rosé all the way. <laughs> and then I'll switch to champagne after dinner. And then champagne. <laughs> champagne. Yeah. Yeah. George. I don't know. What would George drink? George is drinking a bud. Okay. George yeah. is drinking. She's a beer girl. <laughs> beer. She's 100% a beer gal. Even if mm-hmm. it's not, she could be like, you know, a fancy IPA gal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is not a world in which she's not a beer gal. She, she samples the Guinness when she goes to the UK. <laughs> for sure. For sure she does. For sure she does. I can yeah. see it. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's see what else. Um, we could talk a little bit about George. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I think, so we've talked before about how we typically don't ever get Nancy and George one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a Nancy and George one-on-one book, which is great. Yeah, they don't even say where Bess is. But. No, they just say she can't be here, which is out. a little disappointing. I would like at least kind of a, oh, Bess is doing this thing, so she couldn't come. Because we get that for George every freaking time. It's yeah, like, she's George is running a marathon. George is, yeah, out skiing. George is doing this. And it's like, George Bess is just in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what Bess is doing. Bess had a family trip she had to go on. Bess was busy at her job, or Bess... She wanted to go to the world's largest garage sale or something, you know, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but George, so we're getting Nancy and George one-on-one. And so obviously Bess is not there. So it's not as bad. George is not as bad. I still think George is rude. Yeah. I still think she's just in general a rude character. There's at the very beginning and this irked me so bad. Like they're oh. driving, they're driving to Morsi and George is asleep in the passenger seat, which is fine. But she wakes up and Nancy's like, oh, yeah, we're almost there. And George is like, oh, I must have slept the whole way. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Like, you're in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. And your your best friend supposedly offered to drive, mm-hmm. which is fine. Again, also fine. But, like, you didn't even offer to navigate or, like um you know take over at any point or maybe you did and nancy's like no it's fine i got it but like still like you wake up and you're like oh i feel like we've been driving forever nancy's like you've been asleep george's like i guess (laughs) i'm sorry and doesn't she complain too about oh nancy you should have gotten us there quicker Yeah, or she's just like what's taking so long basically yeah it's like oh my god george you were asleep and Nancy even makes a comment about how it's harder for her because she's not used to driving on the yes. left side of the road. And George is just like, well, deal with it. 
doesn't offer to stay awake and like talk to her so nancy doesn't fall asleep because they were probably just on like a 10 hour they flight, were you know they were yeah they were talking specifically about how george was jet lagged i'm like nancy's probably tired too george yeah. nancy and doesn't this get is... tired she's nancy drew <laughs> right right this is 1999 too so there's no google maps right maybe maybe the car has a navigational system maybe but doubtful and so you're telling me that in a foreign country and they and they talk about how they they consult a map later so they're using a physical map right like you don't need someone to tell you where to go to help you figure out which road you need to be on i sure as hell would I would be so pissed. Like, what do you mean you're leaving me alone to drive this car in this foreground? You better the fuck help. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, oh my God. Yeah, they're lucky they didn't get lost. <laughs> that just irked me. But so I think in general, like, even still, even when we don't have Beth to be our punching bag, George yeah. still finds any way <laughs> to just kind of be shitty it's kind of be awful and i just don't i just hate it so much i just hate it so much because it doesn't i don't understand why they're friends don't understand what i guess aside from just like i guess being close in childhood or something but it just seems to me that none of these people have anything in common they don't seem to support each other Right. Or care about each other particularly, except for when Nancy is like, I need you to do this thing. And they're like, okay, sure, fine. Yeah. But even sometimes not. Like, George sometimes wants to go play tennis with Malcolm instead. Right. So, like, I just, it's just like, what is, what is this friendship? <laughs> what is yeah. this? It does I also don't know. seem like, she doesn't get mad at Nancy, but there is also a point where she would much rather be be flirting with Malcolm than like mm-hmm. investigating right the mystery and she, she, they don't argue but she still gets kind of upset with nancy for suspecting malcolm it's mm-hmm. not to the extent that it was with nick falcone in the final scene but right. it's still just like geez come on george like priorities mm-hmm. here this, this man does not matter he does not you're not yeah. going to care about him next week you know right focus and i just it just sucks because it's like well, clearly, regardless of whether or not they show us a reason why they're friends they clearly are friends so that means there is a reason, but we don't get to see it. We don't get to right. know it. We don't get to see any positive stuff from George. And I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. hate it. hate it. I hate it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> it could have been a lot better. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything else? I think that's all I have. Do we want to rate it or do you have anything sure. else? I don't think I have anything else. I, I Overall, I really, I think I enjoyed it. I don't, I mean, I think that, like, definitely it fit the mold. Definitely the conclusion was a little, like, meh to be yeah. desired. Definitely there were some things I was like, I really wish you would have explained this. Yeah. Um, or, like, given some depth to the story. But overall, and I think, okay, I think that it's probably just the fact that it takes place in an English manner that has me, like, loving it but i would give four out of five flashlights four. i really liked it i liked it well good yeah i think i would probably just give it a three i've already mm-hmm. talked about why but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so definitely mm-hmm. could have broken the mold a little bit more from yeah from what it was so. absolutely absolutely i wish i wish it had been slightly more tropey than it was honestly yeah as far as like english manner goes i wish they had really played that bit up I know. And made more it ghosts. more like a, more ghosts, more like 
trapped in a house with all these people kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Like maybe they ha would have really bad weather, but no, it <gasps> yeah. was like all beautiful and everything. So, but whatever. <laughs> Alrighty, then do we want to say our next one? Yes, sure. So next we are going to be covering again, another Nancy Drew mystery story. This one, number 59, Secret in the Old Lace. Mm -hmm. How exciting. I'm excited for this one just based on the cover alone. Mm. Honestly, I don't know what your cover looks like, Corey. It's a pretty dope cover. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the same one that I have. Let me check. I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm sure we'll talk about it next time. But yeah, very, very ooky spooky vibes on this. Mm. And I'm into it. So. Yes. so we'll see you then. Yeah, we will see you then, regular Drews. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics, and all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.